Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, hey, Waffle Gang. I do hope you are well. My name is Mark, and today we're checking out some more relationship stories. And if you do love a Reddit story, why not consider in that like, subscribe, maybe that notification bell too. Let's crack on with today's first story. Now, today's first story comes from Hopeful Fold One, who says, Am I the arsehole for telling my stepbrother and girlfriend to sign over parental rights? So, my 30 female stepbrother S, 30 male, and his girlfriend J, 28 female, got caught up in some illegal drug stuff and are addicts. They are looking at 8 to 10 years with a plea. They have a 5 year old daughter, N. With their court date coming up, S and J asked dad and stepmom to continue caring for N during their sentence. S and J were supposed to find a permanent place, but J's family said no. The issue is dad is legally blind and stepmom has cancer. Neither one of them is capable of caring for a small child long term. My stepmom is extremely exhausted from chemo and can barely get out of bed most days, so N is pretty much stuck in the house all day. My dad tries, but he cannot drive, so the furthest they go are walks around the house. Now, I own my house, so I have room for N. My dad and stepmom called and asked me if I'd be willing to take in N. My boyfriend is on board. Well, as we discussed it, he made some good points. Eight to ten years is a long time, and we would be investing a lot of resources and time into N, making sure she has the best opportunities. He then asked what would happen when they are released. Would she have to go back to her parents? What about her mental well-being and needs? Would we have to fight in court? How would we handle letting her go? I then called a family lawyer and they suggested having S and J sign away parental rights. I sat down with S and J and explained that I would take N but only under the condition that they sign over their rights with visitation scheduled immediately upon their release. J started screaming at me accusing me of trying to steal her daughter and taking her place. I advise that my intention is only to ensure the betterment of N long term. S then said that they were her parents and knew what was best for her. I said if they did, then they would have gotten clean and not done what they did to get jail time. They told me that they would rather her in foster care than sign over her rights. I said okay and left. Now Jay's family is on social media making posts that I'm trying to steal their sister's child and etc. They were calling my phone a lot to tell me off, so I told them if they cared so much, then they can take her. My dad, stepmom, boyfriend and family agrees with me. I told some of my friends about this and they are all saying that I am wrong for using S and J's addictions to strip them of their child. Now I am wondering if I am wrong or taking it too far. I feel bad because if I don't take her, she will end up in the foster care system. I know she isn't my daughter, but I will be raising her during the most crucial developmental time and really don't want her potential wasted like her parents. Am I the arsehole for wanting them to sign over rights? And we do have some updates to this post as well. 
But before those, Narahim says, not the asshole. I'd let CPS know you are willing to take her if they lose their rights to their child. They've been arrested, charged with a crime and looking at prison time. Trust me, CPS is involved. CPS may move to involuntarily strip their parental rights anyway. If that happens, they have no say what happens to their child once the state takes custody. Manic Avocado says, not the asshole. Of course, I have to admit, asking for them to fully give up parental rights is a bit extreme. But from the context, it sounds like it's what's best for the kid. And that's what matters here. And you were right. If they knew what was best for her, they wouldn't have helped themselves and gotten help or even gone to rehab. Edit, I should clarify when I say extreme, I mean as opposed to other options, such as taking them in part-time. Not extreme in the context of this specific situation. Sorry for any confusion. LaCroix says no one's an arsehole here. I'm the child of an addict who will likely never get better. As angering as it is, it's not as easy as loving a child enough to stop being an addict. Anyway, there is something between them surrendering their parental rights and nothing. It's called legal guardianship. It's either temporary or permanent. You'd likely need permanent since they will be in jail for a long time. The parents will have to prove their fitness to get you removed as a legal guardian. If it works in your state like mine, you need to retain a family law lawyer, not just call one up and go over all your options. Septic Phallus says, not the arsehole. Obviously, it is incredibly painful for them to do it, but their child's well-being should be the number one priority. Be blunt, some junkies who will be spending 10 years in prison are not going to be good parents, even if they really try their best. I hope you manage to get her. And one more from Dangery Field who says, not the arsehole. They're going to prison for a long time. You can't be in a position to let anyone contest your guardianship over N, and by the sounds of it, someone would likely crawl out of the woodwork eventually. N needs a home she is safe in. This way makes it easiest for you and safest for you and N. You're under no obligation to help and the fact that Jay would rather have her daughter go into foster care shows she doesn't understand the system. If anything happens in prison, N could be swallowed by the system and all but disappear. Regardless, when they get out, N will be 15 and may want nothing to do with them. At least in your care, she'd be raised with family. Then OP's first edit slash mini update says, thank you everyone for your responses. I'm reading them all and really taking your advice seriously. I appreciate that you're the arsehole and no one is an arsehole verdicts as well. It gave me insight into how they could be feeling and I was not thinking about them honestly. I also appreciate everyone who DM'd me and provided their experiences. It really gives me insight into what we will be getting ourselves into. Many of you inquired about reaching out to CPS. I received the caseworker's information last night and spoke with her briefly today. She was aware that my parents are not capable and have a home set up for her. I advised her that I'm willing to take N but was concerned about when they would be released. The caseworker reassured that because N will be a teenager, her voice will be heavily considered. She also pointed out that they would need to prove themselves fit and that can take months and sometimes years. We'll be speaking with a lawyer next week on further legal steps. Our goal is to take her. Last night, my boyfriend suggested that we take her under guardianship and cross that bridge when we get there. Right now, providing a stable environment is the most important thing. With that, this weekend, we'll be working on converting our office slash game room into a bedroom. We have one month left to prepare. Wish us luck. And again, thank you, everyone. So next post comes a couple of months later, which says, I just want to say thank you to everyone who's provided me with advice in your stories. To those who grew up in the foster care system and had a hard time, I wish you love and peace. My stepmom's condition has gotten worse. 
Now she is pretty much bedridden. My dad was getting overwhelmed. We decided to take Nia earlier than expected. We sat down with a social worker and have both signed to become her legal guardians for now. How is Nia? Her first days here were hard on her. She really missed her Mimor and Papo. She cried a lot and was really closed off. I spoke to my dad and he suggested getting her a kitten since he always told her he would get one. He even offered to cover the expenses. My boyfriend and I talked about it and we took her to the animal shelter. And well, she fell in love with a cat named Nobi. I hope that's pronounced right. Since getting Nobi, Nia has really relaxed. They do everything together. Nobi never leaves Nia's side. My dog is chill and unbothered by the new people in the house. She just lays on the couch and watches the madness play out. Nia FaceTimes my parents daily. She talks crap about my cooking to them, saying, It's good, but Papo, yours is better. Well, damn, little girl. Hurt much. I take her to visit them on weekends. With my stepmom sick, we do a lot of sanitizing and six feet distancing. Only Nia gets close to her. My boyfriend took to the parental role a lot easier than I did. He's currently reading her Harry Potter. We agreed to stop at The Prisoner of Azkaban since the books start to take a darker turn and we don't want to traumatize her. We told her at 11 she'll be sorted into her house and we will go to Hogwarts. As for me, once I got a routine down, it has been easy. I also think it is because my boyfriend is so amazing and really does half of the work, so I'm not overwhelmed. Sam and Jen were sentenced and it will be for the max time. We have to wait until they can get telly visits, so we are preparing for that. Nia doesn't ask about her parents at all. She sees a child therapist and they believe it is because my parents mainly raised her that she views them as mummy and daddy. I sat down with my dad and he told me a lot of what happened over the five years. I just thought they watched her a lot, but the truth is she has been in their care since she was two years and that Sam and Jen had just gotten unsupervised visits when everything happened. This explained why the social worker was adamant had nothing to worry about. So for now, we are making sure she gets as much time with her memoir as possible. Again, thank you for all your help and perspectives. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Opie then asked another question in Am I the Arsehole subreddit a couple of months later saying, Am I the Arsehole for refusing to pay directly to my niece's grandmother for Disney? And says, I, female, am the guardian of my niece Nia, five female. N's maternal grandmother, May, reached out to me wanting to take Nia on a family vacation to Disney World Resorts for four days and three nights with the rest of the family. In total, it would be Nia, May, her partner, aunt, and uncle. Their partners and three kids. So, ten people in total. 
She said it would be the first week of September and that the price would be $1,200, not including food and shopping. I was taken aback by the price, especially since this was so last minute, but figure since it's Disney, that made sense. I asked the itinerary so I could get an understanding of what I would need to pack for her to go. May was hesitant but gave it. What surprised me was she marked off the prices for things and what it would cost each person. Now anyone who knows me knows that I pay places directly and don't just give money. So I called May and asked for her information for the trip to pay the agency directly. She said, no, I could just give her the money. I told her that I was not comfortable with that. She then said that she wasn't comfortable giving me the account information. I said, well, you can give me the agent's information so I can give your name and pay her. I then asked her to call the agent so I could pay with her on the line. She again said no and I could just pay her. I told her I would think about it and call her back. I reached to a friend who works for the same travel agency and gave her all the information to replicate the trip price. She quoted a trip like that would cost $500 for a child. Asked my friend if I could call the agent, give the name of the trip holder and pay. She said yes, I could, but that's it. I called May back two days later and again asked her for the agent's name to pay the trip. She told me no and to send her the money. I put my foot down and said no. She then accused me of looking for a reason to keep near from her family. I said absolutely not and you're the one who sprung a last minute trip on me for such a large amount which I'm sure you planned months in advance and only invited Nia as a second thought. She got upset and said that Nia isn't invited anymore. I responded, such a great grandmother and hung up. Well, May was all over social media accusing me of ruining their trip because I wouldn't send the money for Nia and keeping her from her grandchild. She then said that she had to push it back because they would need to come up with more money and disappointed the other kids are. So I commented, you reached out to me two weeks before the trip to invite Nia and wanted me to give you $1,200 up front, not including food and shopping, and I have only met you once. I don't know anyone that would be comfortable with that. Am I the asshole? I feel I could be because they can't go and their kids are upset, but I feel like I was going to be paying for someone else's share for the trip. Also, some friends are saying that it can come off as rude and accusatory. I didn't tell Nia about the trip. Edit. Thank you for the responses. Due to the character limits, I would like to add some additional information. Nia is aware of her mother's family. She used to get picked up by her aunt and uncle to hang with her cousins. Before being a guardian, I barely had contact with her. I met them a few times in passing at parties. Due to some issues that I had with my stepbrother, I don't interact with him outside of holidays. I only met May one time and that was at court to discuss guardianship. If aunt and uncle wasn't going, I wouldn't be allowing Nia to go either. We are only 45 minutes away from them. I considered it because my boyfriend's sister had passed away and we were already going to be in Florida for two weeks to help situate caregiving assistance for his parents. His sister was their caregiver. I thought it would be great for her instead of hanging out with sad people all day. A couple of months later, OP comes in with, how do I tell my niece's parents that we plan to move? Backstory, my niece, five parents, my stepbrother and her mother will be in prison for the next 15 years due to some criminal activity. They lost custody to my dad and stepmom when my niece was one years. Due to my stepmom's illness and my dad being legally blind, they wouldn't be able to provide long-term care. This is where my boyfriend and I stepped in and took over guardianship. My niece visits her parents twice a month, more now than she did when they were out and about. The current changes. My job has decided to go completely work from home. They're dubbing it back to the new normal. They've found that productivity and work quality has increased and a decrease in call outs and attrition rates. 
In other words, people like working from home. They plan to not renew the lease of all offices and are offering to subsidize those who may need a WeWork space by 75%, which is still in hundreds of thousands less than renting larger office spaces. So many employees are deciding to move to places outside of the city and to different states for bigger space for their families. Then my boyfriend, his job has offered him a promotion but it is to move to Florida. Now his parents own a second house that they rent out near where he would be. It is a 4BD, 3BD with a large office. Can make office space for me and a gaming area for boyfriend in that room. About 20 minutes from his new office. The one bedroom has an attached room that boyfriend said can be niece's room. With the attached room being her play area and then study area. They're offering it to transfer the deed to him to make his transition there easier. My dad and stepmom have decided to rent their large three-story home out and settle in their smaller vacation home in Florida, about one hour from my boyfriend's home. This was to allow my stepmom some independence as the big house is too much to get around. I know my niece will miss not seeing them every weekend and they are like her parents. Lastly, my mum is retiring at the start of 2022 and is moving with my younger brother to her house in Georgia that she used to rent. My house is fully renovated and can be rented out since it's two separate apartments. Here is the issue. I want to move to Florida. I want nicer weather. The school's district is better than the current one I live in and well, the overall living would be better. My boyfriend wants to take the job for the opportunity and increase pay. The house is paid off and I could use the excess income to pay my house down quicker. We agreed to put my name on this house immediately once married and his child at home would remain his. We can save faster for retirement and niece's college fund. All in all, we would be set up for a promising future. It's so exciting until I remember my niece's parents. They look forward to her visits and although she doesn't seem interested, I can tell that they need them way more. I'm not sure how to go about this. My parents already had a talk with her about them moving and she wants to go with them. I'm just really stuck. This promotion may never come again for my boyfriend and he doesn't want to make a quick decision given the guardianship. He's willing to turn it down if that's what's best for my niece. I spoke to the caseworker and therapist and well, their attitude is this sounds best for niece as she isn't losing her grandparents who are the most important people to her. It's kind of a F her parents as they are only interested because they have nothing better to do. So what do I do? How do I tell her parents? I really need help. She enjoyed Florida. I asked her and she wants to go for her grandparents. And whilst there wasn't many comments on that particular post, the people that were on that post were saying, you know, live your best life. People can do video calls from prisons these days. I'm not sure on that myself. I've never experienced it. So you have to let me know on that one. And someone else just saying, you know, her parents are not able to provide any kind of parental role in their position. You have to do what's best for the niece. And then OP's final post comes in with, she has called us mummy and daddy. First, I want to say happy new year. Hope this year is better because we all surely do need it. I'm the legal guardian of my stepniece. She is five years old. She came to live with me and my boyfriend after both her parents were arrested and sent to prison. My dad and stepmom were original caregivers, but my stepmom is sick and my dad is legally blind. Before their arrest, my stepbrother and his girlfriend were supposed to be working on getting custody of her back, but ended up doing some illegal stuff that jeopardizes my niece's safety. So she had been in our care since March because my parents couldn't care for her long term. It wasn't easy. She would cry for my parents and was withdrawn. Once she got her cat Nobi, she opened up completely and has settled in nicely. We were at my parents for New Year's. 
we were tucking her in bed and reading her a bedtime story. We told her goodnight and she said, goodnight, mummy and daddy, with the biggest smile on her face. Honestly, I've never heard words so sweet. In all my years, I couldn't see myself as a parent, responsible for another human being. Now, if she spends the night with my parents, I am concerned. When she is out, the quiet in the house doesn't feel right. I know she isn't ours biologically, but she feels like ours. She calls us by our names with auntie or uncle. So she is aware that we aren't her parents, yet we work so hard to make our home and a life a forever safe place for her. My dad and stepmom heard and of course they think it's okay, but that's because they raised her and want the family she wasn't going to get. My boyfriend is on cloud nine and has been whispering dad and smiling. I, on the other hand, ugly cried out of happiness. My questions are, is this okay for her to do? Is it okay that we like their calling us mummy and daddy? Should we have corrected her or should we correct her? I've been meaning to do an update once things settle down a bit more. So here is a brief overview. We have sole legal guardianship and are working on adoption. She is madly in love with her new room. She got to decorate it. She spends a lot of time with my parents. The greatest update for me is that she is relaxed and can be a kid. She talks so much now and is silly, goofy, funny, brave and smart. She has even started making friends and having sleepovers. Overall, she is doing so great. We got engaged and my stepmom is still fighting, but she is having more bad than good days now. My stepbrother and his girlfriend barely write her these days. They just seem to withdraw from her. We have scheduled virtual visits and also taken her down to visit, but they don't seem to engage with her. She also has said she doesn't like the visits. I've tried speaking with them to be more engaged, but they have shut me out too. It seemed that the more happier she got, the less interested in her they are. We're having her work out her feelings with a therapist. Now, obviously, I'm no expert in this at all. At all. I kind of feel like it's okay. I mean, you're the one who's caring for her, and this is just the way that the niece feels at this particular moment in time. She feels comfortable around you, that both you are her caregivers, and she feels that you are their mummy and daddy. You're currently doing all the jobs a mum and dad does, so you're basically earning those titles. And I think it's just wonderful that you're taking care of this niece and giving her the childhood that she needs. And I'm tr- not trying to sound patronizing, but well done to you, honestly. And I'm sorry to hear about your stepmom as well and about having more bad days than good now. Lots of people react differently to chemo and the way that they deal with it. And my dad really, really struggled with chemo. And it's bloody horrible to see a loved one go through that. So my heart goes out to you, honestly. Anyway. What do you guys make of this one? Let me know your thoughts down in the comments below as always. And just a huge thank you for spending your time with me today, showing your love not towards me, but towards the story, towards OP and towards the comments as well. Thank you so, so much. And hopefully I will see you in the next one. Take care. Much love. Wake up, get up, stretch my legs, eat some breakfast, milk and Brush my teeth up, wash my face, throw my clothes on, start my day. Wake up, I can smell the smoke from the bacon. Let's go, see the sun shining from the windows. Okay, I know that's a damn. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.